I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. I'm Ashley McGee, and I am back from vacation, and I am so, so excited to bring you this episode. Uh, This episode features my interview with Dr. Destiny Preet, and Destiny is first of all, like such an amazing woman, Um, definitely a gal after my own heart because she recognized an issue that we have in the military community and decide to take action. Uh, So she is the co-founder of the nonprofit We Too Are Vets, which focuses on really honoring and and helping female service members uh, transitioning into the civilian workforce. Because I I know like I have yet to meet a a female service member or vet that doesn't have at least one experience of being overlooked of being forgotten of when you talk about your service they say oh I I didn't realize you were in the military or I thought your husband was the military uh, person like you know there's just all of these stories of us just being overlooked and so this conversation is really a lot about about that about those experiences and how that impacts our identity and our the way we show up um both in the military and once we transition out and and how that is unique to um you know the the female community the minority community as far as those of us transitioning out of the military so I think you're going to really love this conversation. Um, there was just so much that we talked about that I felt at my core, <laughs> and I know that you're going to love it too. So I'm going to stop talking it up and just let you get to the episode. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Destiny Preet, co-founder of We Too Are Vets. All right. I'm very excited about about this. I, um, I realized actually in looking at my messages that I had reached out to you like several months ago, you responded and then I never responded. So it's always fun when you see those. But Destiny, welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. I'm I'm really happy you're here. This is a conversation that is long overdue. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question for all of our guests is, uh, wh- how are you connected to the military? So I have been actually affiliated with the military, I would say my entire life. I grew up in it. My dad um, was serving whenever I was growing up. My mom also served and she got out before you know I can remember. So um, I grew up in it. And then I am a veteran myself. I served in the army. I was a med service officer in the army. And then um, after I got out, I became a veteran, obviously, but I'm also a military spouse. So um, I literally have been connected my entire life. It's been threaded through my life. My mom, my dad, my brother, now my, myself and my husband have all served and we're all army. So, you know, army strong here. <laughs> oh God. All right. I'll try not to hold it to hold it against you. That's okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> being a, a Navy person myself, but yes. uh, dual mill Navy over here. So 
Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the, the mini hats life is definitely, definitely interesting. Um, and with that, I'm actually curious because I, I suspect it informs the work you do today, but how has that impacted your identity? Wow. I wasn't really anticipating that question, but I think it's really like, it's a good question. Right. Um, in fact, uh, you know, my research for my dissertation. So I have my doctorate in IO psychology, which is industrial and organizational psychology. And part of that journey had me uh, using all of my military experiences um, to kind of connect to my degree program. In fact, I ended up doing all of my research on veterans. um, And particularly towards the end, I started focusing on the women veteran demographic. Graphic, And one of the um, themes in my dissertation, so my dissertation focused on the post 9-11 female veteran transition experience. It's a, it's a mouthful, I know, uh, but it focused on that. And one of the things that came out of there was actually identity shift. Mm. And so not only have I myself gone through kind of phases of identity, I would say, you know, where I have definitely associated myself you know, with the military, I will, you know, say I'm a veteran, I'll show up as a veteran, or maybe I'll show up as a spouse, a military spouse, because just like you, at one point, I was dual military as well. Um, So and sometimes I don't wear that hat at all. But even other women that I've talked to, even from my research, identity is definitely a common thread uh, that we all kind of acknowledge, but don't really talk about until we're kind of out of the military. So it's definitely impacted my identity in so many ways, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting how much we either think we do or do not wrap up into kind of that that military mantle until yes. you're either dealing with leaving it or you're out and you're like, oh wait, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something missing. Yeah, um, what do yeah. I do now? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, the military, especially, you know, I, I joke with my husband, but I'm only half joking most of the time with him. But I, you know, I tell him, you know, hey, I'm jealous, you know, you're in the military, and you have all these built in friends, and you have all these built in, you know, networks of people. Yeah. And when you get out of the military, it almost feels like you lose that. And so now you really have to figure out like who you are, and who you can like connect with, right? Because yes. you don't have those built in like, circles necessarily as much as, you know, you do in the military, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter who you're sitting next to in the military, you have that, you know, that kind of relationship where you would literally like stand next to them and, you know, maybe even, you know, fight and, you know, die for them. So it's like such a different kind of connection and, and association when you leave and, and all of that. So yeah, you just don't realize how much it's intertwined until it's not there. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So going back to your dissertation, what was like kind of the biggest thing you found in going through that process? Do you mean how, what did I find personally or what did I find in the research? Cause those are two very different things. Oh yes. Please to both. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that really surprised me about my research for me personally was how emotionally, uh, draining yet liberating yet, like just so emotional that experience was. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, you know, I, I mentioned this in another conversation I had the other day, 
that it took me six months to actually start writing from the time I finished the interviews because the words with, of the women resonated so much with me. And I had to really stand back and take, you know, as you know, you have to step back when you're doing research and try to be as not biased as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of let myself process those emotions for that long, lengthy of a time so that I could then say, okay, let me step back, put my, my scientific evidence-based, you know, hat on and look at this from a scientific perspective rather than an emotional perspective. And so um, it was just, it was crazy because so many of the words of those women were so similar to what what one they were similar to each other right mm-hmm. this there was there's threads there was themes that i found but they were similar to the things that i went through mm-hmm. and you know these women ranged interestingly enough like there were four different services uh that were covered in in my dissertation so there was women from the army the air force the navy and the marine corps um, they range from ranks from enlisted E4, uh, all the way through 06, which, you know, enlist junior enlisted to senior officer. Yeah. Um, and yet, and, and so their ages were different, their ethnicities were different. And so think about how broad that is yet mm-hmm. the themes were so apparent, which means that it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, what you look like, what your rank is, any of that. You still have similar experiences. Um, and so it was just really interesting for me to go through it. And then it took me a while to put the words out there. Because how do you justify, you know, an uh, hour and a half interview uh, and, and break it down into like a succinct paragraph, basically, <laughs> and, and, and then thread it and then, you know, feel like you almost have like, ownership of this product when really these are the experiences of others. And mm-hmm. so it was, it was a lot, but it was such a great experience. And, you know, whenever I want to feel some type of way, I just open that dissertation up and I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> it's kind of an incredible experience, honestly. Mm, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So be- because of the resonance of the experiences and and just the time you spent how, how much like responsibility did you feel to kind of like the female veteran community as you're going (laughs) through this process? Yeah. I think, you know, at first when I started writing, I didn't realize that I would have that kind of feeling, Mm. but then as I was, once again, it took me so long to write. Um, once I wrote though, it was quick, right? Like from the time I actually started writing to like the time I finished and the process ended was very, very fast. It was actually so fast that I wasn't really ready for it to be over because when it's over, it gets published. Right. And then I chose to open source it so that anybody can, you know, look it up. Right. And so I, and I did that on purpose uh, because that, that, you know, you, you mentioned responsibility and responsibility to me is accountability. And so, um, for me, that was the accountability that I had to these women was to let their voices be seen and heard. Um, and then from that, uh, to be honest, it's really the reason why I decided to start my nonprofit organization called we to our vets and we to our vets, um, was co-founded by myself and my father. Um, my father is a retired, 
um, army officer. And, you know, obviously he has some sort of connection because I'm his daughter and he, he understands, you know, kind of the things that I went through. Um, and I remember writing my dissertation and talking to him one day and saying, dad, you know, we need to take action because if I'm finding these kinds of themes from just like a few women, but from such a broad range, right. So like, so like these couple of women had all the same kind of experiences. Why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't there, you know, uh, resources out there that are addressing these things. And so you asked about responsibility. I felt responsible for that. I felt accountable for that. And I wanted others to be held accountable for some of the things that were brought up in the dissertation. So yeah, definitely responsibility, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at me like, I was not expecting these kind yeah. of questions. This well, is, my, yeah. this is my, my coaching brain, right? Like I, yeah. I'm a certified life coach. So I ask questions like this. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I am also a certified coach. So I understand. I'm not <laughs> used to being coached though. So there you go. <laughs> well, you're doing great so far. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, and I, I, I suspect you'll resonate with this, right? Like the reason why I like asking these questions and having these discussions is because it's things that we don't talk about, but we feel so much internally and, you know, between stigmas and things like that. I just, I want to normalize these conversations. Yes, exactly. And I appreciate that. I appreciate (laughs) the challenge. I do. I appreciate the challenge because sometimes it gets really easy for people, especially in our community to just kind of go with the flow, right. Mm -hmm. To like, let the narrative just keep running itself. Mm -hmm. And it takes somebody to ask a question or to point something out in order for us to really change the narrative, because obviously that narrative isn't working. You know, it's, it's, it's forgetting about our women veterans. It's not recognizing the demographic makeup of our veteran community even our service member community. And so it's important to like challenge those points. So I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of going to the themes that you're seeing and then um, the mission of we to our vets, where, um, where is that alignment? What, what are you specifically um, looking to address and, and support in the female veteran community? So the four themes, um, I know I mentioned kind of one, but the four themes were, uh, they were non-traditional transition routes. So, um, let me explain that very briefly. Most, you know, transition assistance programs are congressionally mandated programs Mm -hmm. and they require service members to choose a route and the routes are entrepreneurship or job or education. Mm -hmm. And what I found in my research and my personal experiences is that many women do not have that traditional transition route. Many of them want to get out because of family planning, or, you know, they want to have their transition a few years later. Like myself, I got out when I was pregnant and I didn't really transition until four years later. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women had similar things where they didn't really want to do those traditional things. So we, I called that non-traditional transition. Um, The second one was identity shift, which I mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, women said that they felt empowered and powerful and strong and big when they were uniform. But then when they took the uniform off, they didn't feel that anymore. They felt a sense of loss and a sense of not weakness, but like 
invisibility and, and just interesting stuff. And that bled into the next theme, which was recognition. Mm -hmm. And so women were saying that, Hey, you know, not only was I not recognized in service, but I, I am not recognized as a woman veteran, you know, I'm not even recognized as a veteran period. Um, and so many women in, in the dissertation mentions that, you know, they had stories about, you know, one woman showed up to get free haircut because they, you know, were offering free haircuts for Veterans Day. And when she walked in, they laughed at her and she was mortified because, you know, they were like, you're not a, like, this is for men. What are you doing here? You know, and then there was other women that talked about how they would thank their husband for their service and not them. And then one woman mentioned that, you know, her and her husband were walking one day, got out of their car and somebody came and thanked her husband for his uh, service because he's, they saw the disabled veteran license plate cover, you know, on hit in the car and didn't realize it was for her. Mm -hmm. So all these things. And then the last theme was um, transition assistance programs and the need for reformation because not only did women say that the, the programs didn't resonate with them and, and, you know, their tradition, that the, their tradition route or the non-traditional route was different, mm -hmm. but that many of the courses are geared towards men. And there is, um, actually statistics that show that they are geared towards men. And so, um, those were the four themes. And so, you know, for me, the thing that I knew that I could do best was to help honor and recognize women veterans. Um, it seems simple, but it's not, <laughs> you know, it's hard to like get people to like, you know, you say veteran, what do you think of, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think? What do people normal, normally people think they don't think of a woman. They yeah. don't, they, you know, have a very stereotypical idea of what a veteran looks like. So my mission is to help change that, help, you know, show up as we are, um, and then also to empower women veterans. And so, and by empowerment, I don't mean just like, you know, give them the tools they need. No, I want to help them with the tools they need, but I want them to then go back into the community and like work to make impact and work to empower others. And on the flip side of that, the, uh, the other idea here is being that I want, you know, um, universities, organizations, entities, you know, business leaders, I want everybody that has anything to do with women veterans, which they don't even know that they do, but they do because they're hiring them, you know, they're educating them, you know, all these things. I want them to recognize and I want them to acknowledge and I want them to appreciate, you know, women veterans showing up in their workplaces, in their classrooms and things like that. So that's how it all intertwines. And I, you know, I'm so excited that it's all really aligned that way for me and that I can kind of put it out there and show that, look, you have an idea, or you, you know, you're working on something, you can make things happen for the community that, you know, that resonates with you, you know? So that's how it all kind of intersects. I would oh say gosh. I like, uh, I, I feel so much of that in my core. Um, and I mean, part of the reason why I created the healthy women warriors space and the podcast was, I felt similar from a health health and wellness standpoint. It was like all of the health resources that I found were either geared towards dudes or sometimes spouses, <laughs> right? But like the, yes. the 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 female, you know, service member was like, "Hi, I, I exist." <laughs> um, yes, and these programs aren't for me. <laughs> yes, 
And in fact, something that me and another woman veteran talked about last weekend, we were eating breakfast together. And one of the things we mentioned was that, cause we were both, we're both also military spouses, but we're both veterans as well. Mm. And we have noticed a trend, right? Where there are programs that says for women veterans and military spouses for women veterans and military spouses. And so mm. it's like almost this weird one, why are we lumped together? Not that that's a problem, but we do have different needs. We do yeah. have different outcomes, right? Yeah. And so, and then that whole idea of, and, and most times those programs that say for women, veterans and military spouses, mm-hmm. they tend to almost pay more attention to the military spouses and not the women veterans. And so that is definitely a challenge point, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's something, I mean, you know, both of us inhabiting that, that dual space, right. Um, where, you know, my coaching, right. Like I say, I, I, it's a space for women in the the military community because Mm -hmm. it's active duty veterans and spouses. Yes. But because I occupy that space as, as, as a dual military spouse, you know, like it's such a weird dynamic. Um, but yes, I try to remind is. myself often of how I felt when I was a single ensign on my first ship and, you know, told, well, like, I don't understand why, why you need time to take care of that. Like my wife just does a lot for me. It's like, <laughs> cause I'm one of one baby. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So how, um, ha- have you felt any, either conflict or nuance or, or weirdness kind of navigating that um, with starting the nonprofit, but also, you know, that you do have that kind of dual experience? Yeah, I think not just, you know, with, you know, male spouse and um, women veterans, but with the veteran population, right? So, you know, there's, I've had a few people approach me and say, you know, why are you dividing? Like, why does gender matter? And da, 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 da. And I, <laughs> and I remind I'm, you know, I, I love that you're laughing because, you know, deep down the side, I am laughing hysterically too when they ask, but I have to remind them that there are differences, whether we like to acknowledge it or not, you know, they're like one team, one fight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That exactly. We have shared interest, right. Mm-hmm. And believing that we are one team, one fight, but the outcomes show that we do not get the same treatment. We do not get the same outcomes. We don't have the same, you know, we're still underemployed. We're still underrepresented, all of these things. And until we can get better about giving that equitable playing field to all, Mm -hmm. we do need different things. We do need additional support. And what I tried to say is also we too are vets. It's in the name. I am trying to make it an inclusive organization with inclusive outcomes. Um, and I do, I do want men to be involved. I do believe that we need men in order for us to be able to like, you know, be going forward, right? Like we need allies. We need men that stand next to us and stand up for us whenever, Mm -hmm. you know, we're being, you know, Overlooked. Pushed off. Yeah. Yeah, Overlooked or pushed off and, you know, at the table or whatever it is, we need that. And so my goal is to bring people together and not to divide. And so it's, yes, it's challenging. And then I do have military spouses that say, you know, Destiny, don't forget you're a male spouse too. And I'm not forgetting that. 
Like mm-hmm. I'm not forgetting that I'm a veteran. I'm not forgetting that I'm a military spouse. I'm not forgetting that I'm a woman veteran. Mm-hmm. I identify as all of those things and that's okay. And, and, and all of those different roles, guess what? I need something a little bit different. The support yeah. that I need is different. The peer to peer interaction that I'm looking for is different. And so I think it's just fair to talk about it. And it's not like, I'm okay, right, with navigating those hard conversations, but other women who aren't necessarily as confident yet in themselves and all of those things aren't ready. And so that's where I like to meet them is like, hey, you know, come self-identify as a woman veteran. Girl, you know, we got this. Like, but you have to bring them in and you have to let them understand that, like, it's not a division, it's an inclusive action. And it's Mm -hmm. to really just, you know, like be able to show up and be ourselves, honestly, like it's all I advocate for. And so I hope that the organization kind of comes off to people as that, although, you know, there will always be people you can always not make happy no matter what. So yeah, can't win them all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of times though, the, the haters, if you will, um, (laughs) are, are not people that have been othered or overlooked, right? Yes. So it's really hard to have empathy for that experience when it's not in your worldview, like whatsoever. (laughs) Yes. 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 I actually talked to a um, man, uh, a man, <laughs> a man last, wow. I talked to a man. I talked to a man last week. He was a veteran. Well, he's going through transition. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he said that whenever I came out with my nonprofit stuff over the last few um, weeks, you know, I've been a little bit more hardcore about it. Mm-hmm. He was like, I didn't know if I actually wanted to talk to you after that. He said, cause I was scared that like, it wouldn't like, you wouldn't be able to like resonate with me. He said, until I picked up the phone and we had a conversation and I started asking him questions. I said, how has your transition experience been? He said, well, it's been tough. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm Hispanic and I'm having a hard time trying to get a job because I am, you know, and he went on this, he went on this storyline about how he didn't ever realize because in the military, he was never overlooked or never like misunderstood because you know, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But now that he's leaving and he's trying to apply for jobs, he said it's, he can feel it. And he was yeah. like, so I, I, t- I helped him understand that that is exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about how we feel when we're leaving or how we feel even in service or when we're, you know, serving next to you. Mm-hmm. That's how we feel. We feel slighted sometimes or overlooked or not counted or maybe not even taken seriously, right? Like, we signed the same dotted line, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how, what about that? Does that matter? You know, we went through the same experiences. We we got on the same planes as you. We had we packed the same uniform. You know, like the the difference is a lot. Like it's a large difference in the way that we're treated, the way that we're you know respected or not respected. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. Um, yes, there will be haters. Yes, there will be people that don't understand, but. I'm not there for them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for the people that need it. Right. Yes. I, I love, I mean, you, you said you're a confident person, right? And, and I feel like that is the true mark of a confident person. When you're like, I know who, who my people are. I yes. am here for those people. Yes. And the people that are not here for that, they can continue walking. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need it. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, because otherwise, you know, I'm going to spend my time worrying about Mm -hmm. trying to like convince people. I'm not here to convince, you know, it's, we can't be here to convince. We can be here to say, Hey, if you're willing to listen, we have something to say. And so we kind of like, for me, I like to keep a door open or a dialogue open. I don't like to close things. So while I say, you know, I don't need them. I don't mean it like I'm closing the door. I mean, until they're ready to like, you know, listen to maybe just like, or to maybe even engage in a conversation about it, then I have no, like, I can't waste it because that energy is best put somewhere else where it can make a positive impact. Um, instead of trying to just like fight a fight that's not worth fighting for. So yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes, but you know, as I've gone through things and as I've talked to so many people, you just, you gain that confidence to be like, you know, well, not going to please at all. But, and I know that I know I cannot touch every woman veteran out there, you know, and that's okay too. Like that, there are so many other resources out there that can help. You know, I, I know that destiny cannot do the, you know, go fight the universe alone. Um, and so that's another thing that I've been really working hard is to collaborate and to work with other organizations and, you know, other people, if you talk to them, will tell you, I am like all about the collaborative efforts because we are stronger together. I do believe in that team, you know, efforts. So, um, that's also something that I really want to ensure people understand about the mission that I'm trying to do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, so also, I I mean, I I am, I'm starting the transition process. So this is also like very much, you know, prescient for me right now where it's, it's in the, you know, it's on my brain. Um, I'm getting out in in just under a year and, and, and kind of something that you talked about earlier when we were talking about identity, right? One of my biggest fears, and it feels like a dumb fear, but it also feels very real is, you know, I work in a command right now that's this predominantly civilian. So okay. I do have that situation where just by nature of walking into, walking into a room in uniform, I, I command respect. People, like even when I first showed up and I knew no things, <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know, people were like, oh, you know, autonomy. Yes. What, 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 and I'm like, ah. Um, yes. And so I, I have this like fear, like I, I'm I'm looking forward to to moving on to the next thing. But I also hold myself in a way where I'm also used to being respected. And right. I have this fear that I'm going to like walk into a, ro- a you know a boardroom or something as a civilian. People are going to be like, "Well, who the hell is yeah. this chick?" Like, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> that so it's okay to have that fear. It, <laughs> Thank you. It is okay because it's very normal fear, right? Because so here's the thing: most women veterans they come to me and they don't necessarily have that fear. They actually fear of showing up and being much like I, you know, feeling like they need to show up and tone it down. And so because they feel that way, they do tone it down to a point where it's not authentic anymore. Mm -hmm. And so here you are trying to transition, trying to figure it out. And then you don't even know who you're showing up as today. Right. Because you're like, should I go in there and be myself? I don't really know if they're ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know? And so there's like the weird battle. And so, and I do think there are women too, who are like, Hey, I'm used to commanding that kind of respect. I'm used to owning a room and being comfortable in that setting. Mm -hmm. And 
worrying that other people may not be ready for that. Like in, in your case, maybe they're not ready for that, right? Maybe they're not ready for you to show up and be like, you know, Hey, here I am. I'm here. You're welcome. You know, thank you. you know, and that's, I, I, so I, yeah, yeah. I'm blessed. You're my presence is here. You're good. Right. We're gonna... <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, now it's, I joked with somebody about this the other day, because there have been times I walk into a room now and people will stand up and I don't even know why they're standing up. I'm like, why are you standing up? And I'm in like, you know, very, very feminine clothes, nothing like that would maybe like normal, you know, we see the uniform as being that purpose and reason why people are standing up, but it's not that it's a, I I would say it's a force, right? Mm -hmm. You are a force when you walk into a room Mm -hmm. and there is nothing wrong with that. Okay. There will be people that might not be okay with it or might not, but that's because they're not comfortable with it. <laughs> I, I have been told many times, I see when you walk into a room, there is, it's like a force and it's not like a negative force, but it's like, we're going to watch this person, you know, walk and we're going to like, listen to what she has to say. And that really is confidence. Mm-hmm. And so I've said that before earlier, like confidence is really for women, the key to success not only in the service, but definitely in transition and beyond. Like mm-hmm. it's not the fake it till you make it confidence. No, mm-hmm. it's the comfort and the, you know, the intent and all these things that are behind who you are. Like as long as you, and, and, and it's so easy if you always stay authentic, you know, if you, if you try to tone it down, if you try to, you know, be bigger than you are, whichever way, that's not you unless that's who you are. Like, right. but the key word there is try, right? So you wouldn't have to try if you were being authentic. And so if you can be authentic, confidence is not hard because how hard is it to really show up as you, hmm. you know? So it's, <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, <laughs> oh, I do you know. Ask, that's terrifying. <laughs> I do know, but you know what I mean? Especially, yeah. you know, from a coaching perspective, you understand mm-hmm. uh, how that, how important that is. Oh, absolutely. You know? you know? Um, so, cause it also goes into so many things. It goes into your personal brand. It goes into like how you communicate with the world and with people. And so it's just, you know, just threaded throughout. So it's so cliche to be like, show up as your most authentic self, but really it's, that's really what it's about. Like if you do, do that, there's no having to fake it till you make it, you know, there's just being you. Yeah. Which I feel like that's something like, especially as women, we feel like we we have to have permission to do right because yes. our whole lives, like from the time we're, we're little kids, we're told like basically don't take up space, don't be too much. Like muchness is such a thing. Yeah. Um, so having permission to to show up authentically as yourself is just yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's so funny you say that because I say that to women all the time, especially when I'm mentoring or coaching. I say I give you permission to show mm-hmm. up as you, and I don't know if you've ever said that. It sounds to me like you might have, Mm -hmm. but some people say, oh, that's silly to say, but it's true. Like sometimes we need, we feel, we don't realize how much we feel like we need it, but sometimes we just need to be told that it's okay to like be ourselves or to show up a certain way. And so I always tell people, not only do I give you permission, but you should, you need to give yourself permission to do what you need to do, you know, to make it or to be successful or it's, it's okay. Like 
you know, think about all of the people in our lives that we've come across that have been inspiring to us. Why were they inspiring to us? If you sit there and you really think about the core of it, it's because they showed up. They showed up mm. and they were like them, you know, like yes. they, they're them. And that's yes. like, you know, and then we want to be them. Like we want to be that person, you know, it's because they showed up as them. Like that's just a, recipe to success right there. There you go. Like somebody give me the million dollars. I got the, I got the answer, you know? (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. I mean, you're spot on. Like you're, you're so right. Yeah. No. Oh man. This I'm, I'm, I'm so enjoying this conversation. (laughs) So, okay. Um, because I know like we're we're kind of getting to the end and yes. I don't want to wrap up, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't want okay. Um, So a, a couple of things I do want to make sure we touch on is kind of first, you know, I always like to leave some some actionable tips for um, for the audience. Right. So for those that are either, you know, looking at transitioning or have transitioned out and and are kind of coping with some of the stuff what what advice or or tips or resources would you recommend yeah so first you know maybe you feel it it just really depends on how you feel about where you are because maybe you're ready to have conversations if you're ready to have conversations with others or you're thinking you might be ready even if the thought has crossed your mind that you're ready to like reach out and ask for something or to you know, you maybe you want to talk to somebody about something, then do it. And so one of the ways that I definitely suggest doing that is by finding a mentor. And that seems like really daunting and scary because, you know, in the military, sometimes you're assigned a mentor and they're like, well, how do I even like, how do I even mentor? Like, what does that even mean? You know? And so the great news is that there's so many free resources out there for that. And one resource I love, love, love is Veterati. And what it is, is you have a, um, basically a, uh, you have access to thousands of available mentors at, from all walks of life, from all levels of experience. Um, and these are people that just put themselves out there on Veterati at, for mentorship. Um, and so you might even be able to come across somebody who has like jobs available. Um, you know, I, I'm a mentor on there. I have logged over 330 something hours and it's such an amazing platform. It has continued to bring value into my life. Not like, like as a mentor, do you know how often my mentees mentor me? (laughs) I learned so much from them. And so putting yourself out there in that way as like, you know, being a mentee starting out and then so many people become mentors after they, you know, have had those conversations. So that's one um, resource I highly suggest. And then, you know, we to our vets come find me um, in my organization um, on social media. You can look us up also on Google, the website, there's ways to get involved. And so I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of asking for things, but I do know that I need to ask for things in order for the nonprofit to work. Right. So I have to ask for volunteers and I have to ask for donations, but volunteers and donations are at the core of nonprofit. Like they're the heartbeat of nonprofit, especially the volunteers. So, mm. you know, volunteering is a great way of coming into a community and then building that, like, you know, 
tribe of women or that support of women. And so um, I highly encourage you know, you to, to you, anybody that I'm talking to out there, that's wanting to know what resources are out there. That's another way. And then the third is an organization called vets to industry. And I highly encourage, you know, not only women veterans and um, and military spouses and women to reach out to them, but all veterans, they have, um, they're basically a repository of information of vetted resources that are out there. And then they also do networking events like every three weeks. And these events are pretty daggone amazing. Like they're large and there's a lot of things and a lot of information being shared and all, you know, I've made many, many friendships through that networking event because I meet the coolest people, you know, the, from all, from all the wares, you know, (laughs) and, and all the gender and of all the ages. And so like, I love, and what that and those networking events do, guess what? They create a barrier-free networking environment where, you know, you don't, when you go to networking events, it can be uncomfortable. This gives everybody an opportunity to talk. So it's kind of a great way to, you know, break into that. So those are the three things that I highly encourage um, the audience to look into. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing those resources and just for like a really wonderful conversation. Uh, I've so enjoyed this. Um, you know, b- before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share or any last, you know, parting thoughts or wisdom? Um, you know, just, uh, I would love to encourage anyone who re- listens and if they want to reach out, please do. Um, my name is Destiny Preet. And, you know, even if maybe you're not connected to the community or maybe you're, you know, just kind of browsing and come across the podcast, you know, there are so there's opportunities for everybody um, to basically be involved and connecting with the community. So, um, you know, find me on social media and, you know, I'd love to connect and, you know, if you need something, ask, it's the way to do it. You know, (laughs) gotta ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I got you here. I I reached out LinkedIn. I was like, Hey, I think you're cool. Want to come on the podcast? (laughs) I think you're cool. I like what you're doing. I really appreciate I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. And it was such a great time talking to you. And what I love about this was that we're both dual military. We understand. And as you transition, I have a feeling you might have some of those same experiences that I've talked about. And so it would be nice to maybe catch up after you transition and see, maybe I'll do the interview oh, and see you how go. you feel. <laughs> Oh yes. I mean, I now now that I know you exist and we are connected, um yeah, no. We're we're going to be keeping in touch. So. That's good. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Destiny. And yeah. uh for everyone until next week, keep on living your healthiest and most abundant life. I'll talk to you again soon. You've just finished another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.